Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... And what word, what was he saying again? I can't believe he was saying that. Oh, that's a bad word. Oh, that's a bad word. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you said that Marco Rubio would be the Republican nominee against Hillary Clinton, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, March 11th, 2016, hard-to-say-I'm-sorry edition of the show, where we mea culpa our way through some predictions and suck the hope out of a few others. Stay tuned! The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Humble Pie Pastries. When you were wrong... I mean really wrong. Like cheated on your spouse wrong? Make it up with a fresh page three from Humble Pie. Humble Pie uses the freshest of ingredients to disguise the bitter taste of recrimination and disgust that come with being so incredibly fucking wrong. The delicious flaky goodness will hide the shame and humiliation of saying or doing something so ludicrous you honestly cannot believe you did it. No matter what you did wrong, a sweet treat from Humble Pie Pastry will compensate you for just being so really fucking stupid. If you'd like to sponsor the show, make sure you order from Humble Pie first. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Poor. Poor Marco Rubio. I mean, he went from, like, GOP golden boy to... In just like the blink of an eye. I mean, it was just months ago on this very podcast that I have veered my belief that one Marco Rubio was the once and future Republican nominee and quite possibly a significant challenger to one Hillary Rodham Clinton. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Now he's going to end up joining his sad mentor, Mr. Low Energy, Jeb. On the Group W bench of 2016, I mean, by this coming Tuesday, it will be all over, but the crying on his giant chair for little Marco. I mean, he just gave it up this afternoon when he told the people in Ohio to just go ahead and vote for Kasich so that Trump wouldn't win. Unfortunately, Kasich didn't reciprocate the favor, basically. He's like, no, no. You guys are going to just go ahead in Florida and vote for me because Rubio can't win anywhere. On the other hand, the feral weasel in a human flesh suit, Ted Tonsilith Cruz. Fifty bucks more says he eats. You're on. You're on. Don't do it, kid. Don't, don't, don't. Don't do it, don't do it. There you go. Yeah! 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 is rapidly congealing like a pool of stagnant vomit as the acceptable alternative to the tiny penis of the Republican Party. A man 
Cruz so universally hated that his own wife and children can't stand to be touched by him? Ew, seriously? That is so gross. A man that Senator Lindsey Graham jokingly said could be murdered on the Senate floor and no one would even investigate. This is the last best hope of the Republicans to stop Donald Trump. They so fucking deserve this. Finally, your friend and mine, Bernie Sanders. Shockingly, and against every single piece of polling, beat Hillary Clinton in Michigan. I did not see that coming! Literally, no one did. Nate Silver at 538 called this victory the single largest polling error in primary election history, possibly election history. Now, admittedly, this is not a long and glorious history. It's not like, you know, Cicero's pollsters were sampling the plebes on their position about the Caesarean question. Still, it's a pretty fucking amazing thing that happened. And all of this has got me and the actual real punditocracy asking a different question. What the fuck? Seriously? I mean, it's like everything we thought we knew, man, is like wrong. And I don't consider myself a pundit. I'm a drunk dude in a basement talking to himself while drinking whiskey. But the real pundits, the media people whose entire raison d'etre is to talk about and predict these elections are losing their goddamn minds. I mean, if they're wrong about Hillary in Michigan, it could mean that they're wrong about other things. Well, I don't like the sound of that. I mean... We had a few hard and fast truths about the 2016 election we've more or less operated on up until the past couple of weeks. And those truths are starting to look just a little tattered. The first truth is that Donald J. Trump would never be the Republican nominee. Oh, I get it. It's very clever. Thank you. How's that working out for you? And the second is that Hillary Clinton will be the Democratic nominee. Take that to the bank. I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the blood bank. And while there's still a chance come Tuesday, even a maybe a decent chance that Ted could knock off Trump or at least call enough delegates to throw a wrench into the convention, it's looking like the first truth isn't that truthy. As to the second truth, Bernie's surprise win is making some people wonder if a 2008-style upset is in the works, dealing a blow to the second fundamental truth. And I guess, well, now we gotta just explain to you... Hey, what happened? Well, let's start in Michigan. Every poll that came out of Michigan for months showed Bernie down by double digits. And by double digits or even larger in the African-American voting population, which gave Hillary a gigantic advantage. The pundits and the statisticians did the math and came up with an answer that Hillary was 99% likely, greater than 99% likely, to win the state. What happened was that Sanders poured a lot of money and time into the state, maybe even started some kind of movement, and beat Hillary 49.8% to 48.3%. I thought you'd be bigger. You'd be surprised how often I hear that. But when Hillary learned of her losses... Do you enjoy pain? Pain don't hurt. 
Because the practical upshot of Bernie's big win is the net gain of 65 delegates. And when you balance that against the 50 delegates that Hillary won from Michigan, difference of 15, and the shitloads of delegates she picked up in Mississippi by kicking Bernie's ass all over the state, it leaves Hillary with a net gain of delegates over Sanders for the night. So his big win is actually not that big, and she's adding to her 200-plus pledged delegate lead. Now, there's some confusion going on out there amongst my liberal friends about how this whole pledged delegate thing works and some, frankly, Republican-level conspiracy shit that the Democratic National Committee is pulling some sort of fast one to deny Bernie the election, and it's bullshit. And the only person that I know who can properly explain this to people in a way that I personally cannot, because I've got like 50 other things I need to explain to you tonight, and I don't even understand them, but I'm going to bring in, I'm going to bring in the slate, slate just Mike Pesca. He's not a friend of mine. I wish he were. But Mike is going to explain this to you from Thursday's episode of The Gist. Uh, you'll find it in the show notes tonight. Pledge delegates are proportional to the vote. They're not mysterious. They're not attached to a thing called math. They're just stand-ins for the vote. And right now, Hillary Clinton is close to having had 2 million more people vote for her than have voted for Bernie Sanders. It seems unfair if this thing stopping Bernie is an abstraction called delegate math, but since delegate math just is the vote, it's accurate to say that getting fewer votes is stopping Bernie from beating Hillary. So Bernie's win was impressive, even unprecedented, but it does not mean the election is over or that Bernie has a reasonable chance to win the nomination. But as we are seeing, a slim chance does not mean no chance. Of course, the other Trump truth has been explained myriad times, and I'm not doing another fucking Trump show. Not today, although, God, there's so much this week to talk about. I don't want this to become the, the What the Trump Were You Thinking podcast. No, so let's talk about how Trump isn't the nominee. It's, uh, it's complex. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. The wizards in the Republican establishment have noticed something. And it's pretty fucking obvious from the vote totals. And that is that only about 30 to 40% of the Republican Party is actually voting for Donald J. Trump. They call this the Trump window. I'm sorry, Gavin is informing me that it is not uh, the window. It's called the Trump ceiling. I'm sorry about that. Uh, if this were a two-person race, it would spell certain doom for the great orange penis. But this being the Republicans... How many assholes we got on this ship anyhow? Yo! I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. So there's not a single one of them that's going to self-sacrifice for the greater good. So it's possible, maybe even probable, that come the convention in Cleveland, Trump will not have the requisite number of delegates to clinch the nomination. In this case, that number would be 1,237, which you must admit is an awful lot of assholes 
but just a drop in the bucket when it comes to Republican assholedom. If the head asshole in charge does not have that 1,237 amount on the first vote, we go into a brokered convention. Well, that's a little vague, isn't it? According to my friends over at Vox.com, who explain the news, if after the first round of voting no clear winner has been determined, each state, it's they decide how the delegates are allowed to vote. Some states have rules on how many votes before a candidate can just choose whomever the fuck they want. Other states allow the candidate to choose after one ballot. Some states do one thing, others do the other. Frankly, I imagine this is pretty much decided by the delegates get together, masturbate onto a cracker, the last person to come eats the cracker and gets to decide who that state will vote for. Oh, come on, that that's just sick. Look, the Republicans have been doing this shit since 1860. I don't have any control over their particular rituals, so don't blame me. If and when this brokered convention actually happens... When Kramer hears about this, the shit's gonna hit the fan. I mean, no one knows how this is gonna work because we haven't had a convention like this in decades. Not since the reforms of the 1960s. The closest anyone has actually came was in 1976 when a fella by the name of Ron Reagan came damn close to knocking off Jerry Ford for his seat as the nominee. You might remember that Ford in 76 was the sitting president and Reagan was just the governor of California and didn't actually have a plurality of the votes. It's funny how these Reagan people are the ones always flinging the poo into the rotary oscillator. But back in the day when these things happened regularly, there was a kind of protocol on how the convention took place and a lot of wheeling and dealing happened out of sight in the metaphorical, though in these days quite literal, back smoke-filled back rooms. Party patriarchs, and we're talking Republicans here, so they're men, they met and hashed out how it was going to work. Nowadays, we lack two important things for this kind of solution. The first, and obviously most important, is that there's no smoking in the Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland. Extinguish the cigarette, or I'm extinguishing fire! Hard to have a smoke-filled room with an angry African-American woman telling you no. So that's going to put a real buzzkill on things. And the second buzzkill is that there are no party patriarchs anymore. I mean, seriously. Do you think Mitch Cecil the Turtle McConnell can make any one of these lunatic motherfuckers do anything they don't want to do? Paul Ryan? Yeah, the boy of the wonder is going to wrangle Ted Cruz and Trump into a sit-down. No one has a clue how to do this, and there's some talk of digging up Reagan's corpse and asking him. But considering how these things go, it would likely end up with that being the nominee. I mean, the 538-plus polls show Reagan's corpse with an 83% chance of winning the general election. Oh my shit, you never know, they might just actually do it. And honestly, this year, I, I might actually vote for Reagan's corpse. If Trump doesn't nail down the delegates, and this would essentially require everyone but one other asshole to drop out of the race before this coming Tuesday, and all of the voters that were voting for all the other assholes to not vote for Trump, then maybe they could pull off a broker convention. Unfortunately for the GOP, the lip booger has decided he's got this crazy idea he can win this whole thing. Rubio and Kasich both think they can win their home states, 
even though the polls say otherwise, although the latest polls say Kasich is ahead of Trump in Ohio, but God, I mean, everything that we've learned these past few weeks is that these polls are wrong. So if Rubio and, and Kasich can't win, where does that leave them? People should know when they're conquered. But hey, look, the polls were really wrong about Bernie. So you know what, Marco, John, you just never know. On the Democrat side, well, things are rather less complicated. As noted, Hillary is running a large delegate lead without counting, without even counting the superdelegates. Ah, I guess I got to explain those guys too. Okay, first of all, only Democrats have superdelegates. Republicans have something kind of like them, but not as many of them. And those these superdelegates are not bound to any voting total. They can just vote for whoever the fuck they want to. Rumor has it that an alien ship appeared before each of them and gave to them a suit granting these superdelegate powers. Unfortunately, they lost the instruction manual. But with the help of a government agent named Bill Maxwell, they could find a way to use these superdelegate powers for good. Oh, fuck it. It's as good an explanation as any that I've got. Anyway, these superdelegates can vote for whomever they please and change their minds. So while Hillary has a shit ton of superdelegates pledged to her at the moment, I believe the exact number is, uh, uh, let me look here, all of them. And Bernie has somewhat less. I believe the exact number is uh, none of them. That doesn't mean that any of them will necessarily vote for Hillary or Bernie. After all, in 2008, these numbers were almost identical for the Obama-Clinton race, and the superdelegates dropped Hillary Clinton like a cold turd dropped from a cream of leek soup, which, as everybody knows, is the most disgusting soup that you can ever eat after Italian wedding soup. Except the entire purpose of the superdelegate is to put up a firewall against a candidate the Democratic establishment finds unpalatable. If the Republicans had them, and right now they really wish they did, they could stop Trump cold in a closely contested vote. But doing so on either side of the aisle, if the delegate count is favored by Sanders by a significant margin, but wasn't enough, this year it's 2,472 out of 4,765 delegates. Let's say Bernie had 2,200 delegates and Clinton had 2,000, and the superdelegates made up the rest. It's my understanding that there would be no math. They would probably vote for Sanders to keep the party from losing their fucking minds. But then again, if the party decides Sanders can't win the general election, ah, fuck the plebes. What are they going to do? Vote for Republicans? They can fix it later. I mean, seriously, <laughs> what is either party going to do? Break off and start a third party? <laughs> this is America. We only have two. And you know what? There's a pretty good chance that on the right, this could happen anyway. This is an angry electorate, my friends, like an old man trying to send back soup in the deli, and that's on both sides. Yeah, I could have played a Seinfeld drop there, but I felt that it was cliche. On the left, the anger run towards, let's make everything better for everyone. Whereas on the right, it's running towards, hey, let's burn everything down and dance like a Viking in the ashes. But, you know, that's politics in America. If the Republicans go to a broker convention and Trump holds a majority of the popular vote, or even the plurality of the assholes don't drop out, I think it's going to split the party. 
with the Trump wing breaking off to form a far-right nationalist party like it's happened in Europe. I don't know how that works. In fact, I think it's slitting the Republicans' throat, but that's a net positive for everyone, isn't it? I mean, except for the racist assholes, but again, not something I have a huge problem with. So, I guess... You know what? I, I've done this so many times and I've done the predictions as a separate thing. I'm just going to fold them the fuck in because tonight I got too many other fucking things on my plate about relocating the studios. I'm going to do the 80 proof prediction right here, right now, right in the middle of the show because God damn it, you people are not supporting me like you're supposed to. The 80 proof prediction is supposed to be the thing that makes the thing happen. But no, you people aren't helping me. So you know what? Gavin? Hit the fanfare. The 80 Proof Prediction. Still not sponsored by Jameson's Irish Whiskey, the official whiskey of the What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast. When you hear me serve, you're hearing Jameson. For Tuesday, March 15th primaries, the big one, Florida, Ohio, and the rest of those little ones. Well, you gotta go big or go home. The 80 proof prediction goes to Florida. Trump, Rubio's out. He's done. Take your toys and go home, Marco. I'm gonna give Ohio to Kasich because, I mean, he's out too, but he's gonna, he's gonna take Ohio. Illinois is gonna go to Trump. Oh, Rubio could squeak out an empty second place finish because, again, Rubio is done. Uh, let's see, North Carolina. Oh, that's shit is that Cruz or fucking trump you know i haven't given one to Cruz in a while so uh i'm gonna give it to Cruz unless he eats another lip booger no you know what fuck it trump's gonna take north carolina they're crazy down there they like that missouri oh fuck that's another soft one but i'm gonna give that one to Cruz. all right fine that's fine on the democrat side florida clinton because, uh you know there are a lot of old jews down in florida and they're gonna vote for Bernie because hey Bernie Sanders, he, he sounds like us. But I still think I'm going to give it to Clinton. Uh, Illinois, Hillary, by a mile. That's Obama country. North Carolina, come on, Hillary. Oh, and Ohio. Yeah, sorry, Bernie. It's now up to the machine. And Mecca Hillary is just going to roll right over you. Again, these predictions, pretty much meaningless. I mean, fucking Nate Silver can't figure it out. You're asking a drunk guy in a basement to make predictions? Holy shit, is that why you guys haven't been asking me questions for the 80 proof prediction? You know, it's supposed to be a spoof, right? It's not supposed to be a real thing. Fuck. I should start trying to answer these things seriously. <laughs> that is it for our show this week. The band Hypnostake provides our show opener. As always, you can find them on Jamendo.com. We, this show, are on Twitter at the Hell underscore podcast. The show name on Facebook, or my name, Dave Bledsoe, on SoundCloud. All the shows are at whatthehellpodcast.com. Although I'm thinking about shutting that thing down. Does a podcast need a website anymore? I don't know. Email us at whatthehellpodcast at gmail.com for all communication of the show. Remember to use the subject line. Fuck you, Gavin. For me, Dave Bledsoe, and all the fictional poll analysts and artificial prognosticators, we wanted to say that everybody needs a little time away. You've heard us say from the election all the voters need a holiday far away from its distraction so hold it now it's hard for us to say we're sorry we just want you to say 
After all we did for you, after all the polls we went through, you could make it up to us by buying us a lot of drinks. You know how hard we worked for you? We'll see you guys next week with an entirely new show. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.